Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Believe it or not, I am here back from the dead. I've risen from my <laughs> crypt once more to join the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. Sorry, that's the how you pronounce it, right? It's been so long. P. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's changed over the last few months. No one else knows how to do a chorus of UBPs other than us because no one else what? would be weird enough to set it in motion in the first place. <laughs> but it's been a long time. It's been about a month or so. How's everything been? How's life on the Future Game Show coast? It is good, but very, very busy, my friend. I'm in <laughs> constant meetings about new and exciting projects, which is fantastic because it means that obviously new and exciting content comes out. But my mm-hmm. lord, do we have to uh, make sure that there's a lot of uh, crossed T's and dotted I's for all of yes. this stuff. So yeah, it can be a bit stressful, but at the same time, I'm having a great time over there. And if people want to see some of the fun I've been making, go over to the Future Game Show or FGS, where I do my weekly list stuff, which focuses yeah. on deep cuts. So games you've probably never heard of, or at least uh, very, very old retro games. Also, you're going to be at Gamescom. Just a little I cheeky am, plug before yeah, we get into I everyone's am. questions. Gonna you're going to be at Gamescom. It's going to be weird because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be doing content. And then we've got the Future Games Show Showcase, which is going to be a load of games being previewed live mm. there as well. So mm-hmm. there may be a little snippet of yours truly involved in that as well. So may if you meet Troy Baker, that's I'm going to do a little wee. Well, that may happen, mate. It may happen. <laughs> But yeah, but this is the Entitled Partner Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, the, the UBP. UBP, taking everyone's questions, thoughts, whatever's going on in the industry. First question from your done messed up Aaron, who oh, says, legend. howdy y'all. Welcome back to Jules, loving the new future game show content. In honour of the egg daddy's return, how do you like your eggs? Scrambled over easy, quiche, toad in the hole, etc. Oh man, toad in the hole, that takes me right <laughs> back, that does. Because toad in the hole, basically, for those uh, who live across the pond, it's basically when your family just goes like, we've got a lot of stuff left over from this <laughs> Sunday dinner or this Christmas meal, shall we just chuck it into a big thing? Chuck a load of like, um, sort of uh, expanding Yorkshire pudding-esque foam. Just and then just a a That's it, we're done, we're done. <laughs> and then chuck a few sausages in there, done, we're done. Did that. you have, um, do you have bubble and squeak? Yeah, oh, that's maybe what I'm thinking of. Bubble and squeak is the leftover thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think it's similar though. It's the same like principle, but the idea of categorizing toad in the hole as a type of egg is definitely a choice. I'm going, I'm going scrambled every day, scrambled okay. all day long. I mean, yeah. scrambled is good, and unfortunately for me, being a vegan, I've only got an option of tofu is my choice. So I either have it that in blocked or scrambled. Or would you like your egg in a cube? Um, would you like a slab of egg? But you know what? Thanks to like, uh, you can get this uh, like pink Himalayan salt or black salt, which basically um, makes everything taste like egg because it's like sulfur salt. It's incredible, dude. It's really, really good. 
What's the weirdest thing you've comboed it with to turn it into an egg? Oh, um, so the way that I make my eggs, and there's heavy quotation marks over that, <laughs> it's with, um, so you've got to break up the tofu first, you've got to drain it, then you've got to mix mm -hmm. in this sulfur salt, then you've got to get some mustard, some mayonnaise, some paprika, and some uh, chili flakes, and some salt and pepper, point. and you just get it all together, get it going in the mix. Tiny mm. bit of like um, red wine vinegar, if you want a bit of like an acidic spring to it, and then uh, garnish. Fancy. Garnish and serve, mate. Garnish and serve. Oh, that's, it feels like that's a very deluxe meal to put together. We're just fancying a, a few eggs on the side. <laughs> that's just how I have to live, mate. This is like because otherwise <laughs> it's just like because oh, you've got to put turmeric in it as well to give it the sort of um, coloring of egg. Because if mm -hmm. you don't, you're just left with this like very unappealing slop. It's it <laughs> kind of reminds me, you know, when um, in that scene of the Matrix where they're like, um, oh, the uh, little when, tin. Yeah, pot it's, of it, it's got yeah. everything the growing body needs. All I can think <laughs> of whenever I'm eating some eggs if they don't have the right coloring is I gotta eat this goddamn goop every day. <laughs> still like that do you ever think you would just take food as long as it stimulated your brain and made it taste like whatever you want would you just take any texture as long as your brain made it taste like a beef dinner well or that's yeah when um uh you know those uh new air drinks that have come out at the moment where it's the scent that goes that so have you seen I'm see this so no, what no. It is, is it's like a, it's a little nozzle that sits over a bottle of water and what uh -huh. it does is that when you drink it it like puffs out a scented air <laughs> and it convinces your brain that you're tasting water that is that same flavor but what oh you're actually God. drinking is just water so you're right. just inhaling in this smell and it's confusing the the senses so you can feel like, like that or not like you're like oh I'm, I'm actually i'm i think i'm drinking um some like pink <laughs> lemonade but instead i'm actually just drinking water it's just crazy how it can fool the brain into doing it so that yeah if they like... can do that for food oh sign me up for the cud farm mate i'll eat whatever <laughs> like a soil and green it's people yeah whatever dude it tastes like, like just give you like, like a brisket yeah, like a slop pile, but it just tastes like your favorite. It just tastes like McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's exactly. spray. Yeah, I mean, you, you have described McDonald's with the slop pile. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always take a good slop pile. Um, that feels like something that the AI overlords will take control of and convince us that we're all satisfied, but while they algorithmically deliver us perfect content for the rest hey, of our man, lives. Hey, man, I'm not saying that this has already happened in many aspects <laughs> of, uh, of life in itself, but let's just say that people suffer through a lot and will continue suffering worse and worse, and people at the top will just be like, oh, my God, they're putting up with it? Fantastic. <laughs> Oh, amazing. We can get away with this? Yeah. Um, question from Honest NPC who says, Hope you awesome dudes are doing well. What game would you like to see be an anime series next? I would love a Soul Reaver in the Castlevania anime style. Uh, also, a it, Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill could be awesome if done well. Thanks for the podcast. Okay, so, also, so, okay, so, so you just wanted your question noticed by Scott because you were just like, okay, what's, what's Scott going to be looking over in the questions? Oh, Soul Reaver? Yeah, that'll be it. That'll be it. Done. Just done. laser eyes, laser focus. To be fair, There's I, also, would, um, I would prefer to have Legacy of Kane over Soul Reaver. If we're going to do the anime version, ooh. like tell him his story first and lead into Soul Reaver because it makes no sense to not understand the villain that or the fallen anti-hero mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. is Kane. That's actually an incredible point because you you need to open on mm. human Kane becomes like you know his whole rise to becoming the lord of like the the vampires or whatever in Nosgoth and then mutes Raziel at the end of yeah. season one or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, they could go all the way through all the defiant stuff and they fight each other in season three. That thing would be really, really cool. Um, there's also Scott Dog who messaged in saying that he's trying to will an F Zero anime series oh, into existence. Gasp! Uh, gasp! <laughs> will we join that him? Got gasp out of me. Willing it to be, I think um, an F Zero. Th that's Captain Falcon right that's like a whole yeah is that something else yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you can do a whole is, Captain Falcon thing the thing is is that I keep telling you this and I think you keep agreeing that the best <laughs> thing about the Star Wars episode 1 film was the pod racing segment and yes, we were saying about how there should just be a pod racing film like yep. the same principle applies to an F0 film have it focus on a down and out racing team competing against the sort of like uh, the underhive and villainy that is the um, uh, the sort of a corrupt um, corporations that are there mm -hmm. 
all fighting together. It gets violent on the track, and then all of a sudden, Falcon Punch, he comes to save the day. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Fantastic. That could be the next He-Man. I feel like, yeah, uh, yeah I would I would back the idea of doing a Castlevania-style legacy of Kane across multiple seasons. Yeah. It's not... I've, the thing is, I kind of want... Um, it already exists, but I want a new version of the Devil May Cry anime, or just more yeah, Capcom stuff. Like there I really is, enjoyed that. Yeah, it's like there's the Nia anime. I know that's like in Platinum or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like action games lend themselves very well to being anime stuff. It's like you could do a Shovel Knight one or something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, I feel oh, like the uh, Legacy game would be sweet. If you did Shovel Knight, then that would be mm-hmm. perfect for that sort of episodic format of just like a nice, vibrant cartoon. That mm-hmm. You just go like, look, Shovel Knight and his pals, they're on an adventure. They go and meet uh, like this guy uh, this week. Oh, it's this guy. Oh, they call him <laughs> the, the knight night. to help them out. Oh, it's this guy. Hey, oh. and he's like, hey, I'm that guy. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that would work really that. well. I would love to see, because um, obviously with the cyberpunk anime, we mm. got a real understanding of how quality animation and a really interesting premise can combine to make something truly memorable and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think that let's apply that to other games that maybe you wouldn't think go hand in hand like that. I love the sort of neo-noir aesthetics, so maybe why don't we apply it to the um what's called jet set radio future imagine oh, that because obviously bomb rush cyberpunk is coming out this month i'm pretty sure and so it's, it's on my soon, brain yeah. at the moment yeah i think that's like next week or something i yeah, feel like it's um because it's by the original composer i forget the dude's name but they got the jet yeah. set composer back yeah, in. yeah it's uh it should be sweet yeah i feel like overall um most studios are realizing they don't need to bother with the live action adaptations they can just do an anime version and that's way closer in terms of the cinematography or whatever yes. or the possibilities to like a game anyway sorry just think about what it allows you to do because like mm. where have the resident evil films and animated bits failed mm-hmm. they've failed a lot on um trying to make these video game elements seem real within a real world and then Mm. our brain is just like no it doesn't look right because it's not it doesn't look cohesive or the special effects emotions or it just is that we can tell you're not interacting with anything whereas Mm. in an animated um either 3d or hand-drawn you end up with that thing where everything is the same it's on the same field of existence so it feels Mm. tangible even though it's not uh directly related to our reality like i would love to see a hand-drawn Resident Evil One retelling that would be amazing. Ooh, I would do like a like a more like I don't know if you do like an inky kind of art style. Well, like, do, I don't do know. Like, it was too um, stylish. Do you remember when Pokemon Origins came out and they did mm-hmm. short little snippets, uh, just showing chapters of the entire adventure? Imagine just mm-hmm. doing five minute chapters of the Resident Evil One game, just really key highlights of the whole thing. Like you, you could do even like have a... to make it into a full fledged twenty minute episode. Just mm-hmm. do it short. Uh, exciting, exhilarating pieces because people will watch those short movies over and over and over again. Dude, if you did like a like a vignette approach where you have like Wesker's perspective or like uh, Jill's great, perspective actually. or whatever, yeah, and then go. like slowly thread it together, and you read, you like maybe people who don't know the story would like slowly realize the the truth about Wesker as it That's comes a together. Great idea, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That would be good fun. Have you seen the um, the new animated Resident Evil thing, that Death Island thing? No, I got put off it straight away because even though I like the idea of having the whole cast together, I didn't mm-hmm. like that it was like let's just wheel out the golden oldies because we're clearly like bereft of any actual original ideas mm-hmm. and. That one the action Avengers sequence that they shot. kept on trying to do where it was like all of the female protagonists were like jumping over the tentacle that was sliding. And I remember uh, just watching it going like, 
yes, you have all got them together in one shot, but <laughs> they're not doing anything. And no. we're just literally just like, it's jangling the keys in front of the face going, look, look, we've got this. Remember this? Remember this? Go <laughs> later, we got this. We did the obvious easy thing. We yeah, did the yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. hopefully um, makes it look like we've got some soul. Yeah. Um, question from Kevin who says, hello, legends. Glad to see Jules's return. I'm a console oh, boy in Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield come out on the same day as does Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2 later in the year. How do you guys pr- uh, prioritize which game to play first in these kinds of situations? That is a really tough one, isn't it? Because it's like the you're almost inhibited by choice. There's too mm. many good things coming out at once and all of them require so much attention and time. Mm-hmm. So what I usually do is I try and break up a AAA game uh, with a shorter indie experience. So mm-hmm. for example, because um, Blasphemous 2 is on the horizon and is coming out fairly soon, mm-hmm. um, I went back and played the original Blasphemous, but now I'm ready for like a big AAA meaty game to sort of mm-hmm. go like, oh, I completed one thing. I feel good about myself. Now let's invest in something like Baldur's Gate 3 or um, maybe even going back in time to play one of the many, many very long games that I have got uh, <laughs> just sitting there on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you find it, Scott? I just feel like I run sort of like bare-chested arms behind my back into all of this and then just see how I fall. <laughs> but I definitely, it depends. I mean, in this case, like if I talk about, if it's Baldur's Gate versus Starfield, then... yeah. Oh my god, it's probably Starfield. It's always just on the day. What am I going to actually do? I agree with your thing overall of splitting up. Like I, I view games as like bridging games between yeah. the bigger releases. Like multiplayer stuff is a bridge to something else, um, or something that has like short rounds or whatever it is. So I was wondering maybe why I would do a few levels of Mario Wonder and then Spider Man. But I feel ah, like the smart. story pull of Spidey is too big. They're really hard decisions because I mean Baldur's Gate is blowing the f up right now. So I want to yes. know what the hell the deal with that game is. Um, and starting two RPGs at the same time is definitely going to be hard. I well, think in this case. I would do Starfield because it's the next Bethesda and then I would do Spidey because I just need to know how that game opens. Yeah, the thing is is that like if you start something and stop getting tra- uh, like enchanted by another game and then go back, there's mm. a good chance that you'll have forgotten what was going on <laughs> and maybe it won't have the same impact going into it because I know I've done this many times because mm. I love the Fallout franchise so I always find myself dipping into them again and again and again and I've always known most of the quests that are going on so I know where I'm going mm-hmm. but half the time when I go back to it I want to start from scratch again because of the fact mm. I go like, I I can't remember what I was doing here or what the aim of this playthrough was. The curse of the open world game. But I guess I'll just start again. I end up doing the same thing again and again and mm-hmm. again. It's like doomed to fail because I'll get to the same <laughs> point, realize that I quit for a reason. Either it was just a boring bit or I'd maxed out a certain thing and I was like, oh, well, there's no fun in this anymore. And mm-hmm. then just go, oh, after something else and come back to it and be like, why was I playing this again? Better start again. Do the exact same I'd, thing Oh again. my God. I, I'm in that, it's like a time loop. I'm in, I'm in that with Fallout New Vegas. I've never finished New Vegas. And the funny thing is, is that I know that there's people probably listening to this being like, oh, oh, Jules, you idiot, just see something through to the end. And I'll just remind them of every single sports game fan who just goes like, hey, look, um, I'm going to take uh, Wales FC to the top of the Premier League. I don't know if Wales FC even exists. Um, up to the top of the Premier League. And then it resets know. next year. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to take Wales FC to the top of the Premier League. It's like like yeah, the, I think the repetitious like- cycle of content. It's just like, you, well, well done, you reached the top. Now do it again. See, this whole, like, that thing of, like, ultimately you have two big games that are both as deserving of your time. I'm taking this question as, like, what am I going to play first? Like, the literal first few moments. Do you tend to then go one game at a time? Because I don't. I... 
bounce between the two. Oh, unless, I know like, you don't, man. Oh, I do. But unless like something really gets me on the story, and then I just can't put it down. I need to know what's happening next, which I think will happen with Spidey. Yeah. Um, and because Mario is on Switch, that'll kind of be a train game. So it just, I'm going to be playing Spidey alongside Mario, and um, playing Mario on the way in to and from work kind of thing. Well, the thing is, is I know I'm going to play Spidey first, just because mm. of the fact that the first one, when it came out, I managed to breeze through it in maybe four or five days, like collecting mm-hmm. everything, just exploring, having a good time at my own pace. And mm-hmm. if this is more of the same and can be bashed out in a week uh, with the collectibles being like as fun and interesting to explore, then mm-hmm. I don't see it as being as long as Starfield. So I do feel I'll just be like, oh, I'll be able to get this out of the way as bad as that sounds. It's not what I mean. <laughs> just being able to play through this game before jumping into something that will be, in theory, endless yeah, we did have a question as well, and I apologize for uh, not finding the name of the person who sent it in. Um, but it was talking about how like changing uh, general gaming habits as content creators or coverers mm. of the games industry makes you think of games that way, where you're like, okay, I can get through this in a couple of days, then I can get onto this, then I can do this, and, uh, and not letting that sort of take over everything, like not letting that devalue the thing that you're getting through. But you, but you know what? Um, it shows that there's actually like a different requirement for your job versus mine, because mm. um, when the way that you see it is is that you've got to play everything new that comes out so that you can stand there and give information about these new games. And I totally Mm -hmm. respect that because it's like a real commitment. We used to do a lot more of that, yeah. But because I'm like, I'm much more of a passive gamer. I like watching YouTube playthroughs. I like watching breakdowns of old games that I've not played. And I Mm -hmm. do a lot of Twitch viewing as well. Um, So it's a case of, I actually argue that I experience the game as much as the person playing it and I have the added reaction of being able to watch somebody else enjoy it and get that sort Mm. of like um, passive emotion off of them as well. Mm-hmm. So in theory, I've not played nearly like 75% of the most modern games, but right. I have watched full playthroughs, breakdowns, lore, deep dives, everything about them. So I know them probably better than people who played them through that way. Ooh, and it's taken an far pondering. less time to do that than it has done to play <laughs> through 90 hours of one game. Right. I definitely like think playing through the thing is the ultimate way no, yeah, to experience yeah, that's it. Abs- but- yeah, I know that that's the whole point of video games. It is the medium mm-hmm. you're there to play it. But <laughs> my sort of like enjoyment levels are sometimes mm-hmm. more watching somebody play through something that I have personally no interest slogging all the way through. Now right, I hold yeah. up my hands and I know this will probably get a lot of hate. Final Fantasy 16. Like, I, mm. I don't have a I PS5 at the moment, and I know that everyone loves it and everyone's been talking about it. So what I've been doing is I've been just sort of jumping into other people's streams, checking out different chapters and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I've learned that there are some elements of that game that I would absolutely love to play through. But there is a quite also a lot of other elements that I'll be <laughs> like, nah, I cannot be asked doing what you're doing here with all these fetch quests. So I get mm-hmm. to skip all of the doldrum and enjoy all of the spectacle and boss battles and crazy sort of plot twists. And I mm-hmm. feel like I'm a part... I'm I'm as much of the audience as I am the driver because I'm choosing mm. which content I'm picking from. That's like one of the we should open, like obviously open that up to the people who can message in or whatever. Like yeah, 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 we'll sure, do sure. another question tweet next week and stuff. But yeah, that idea of like checking out a game through streaming or through um, video rather than playing it, like yeah. watching a playthrough. I did that for Detroit Become Human. It's the only game I ever did that for mm-hmm. because I just refused to give David Cage any money. But Fair I was like, enough. I just want to watch this thing. Um, so I did that. But obviously, <clears throat> by doing that, you're not playing through the different perspectives of those characters. So when you have to make those decisions about who lives or dies or whatever, it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't have any actual agency in it. Um, but 
that it is like interesting with the rise of playthroughs and the availability of them because I do know plenty of people yeah. who sit and, and watch a game through like my own sister-in-law does and things like that so like yeah it is like a rise it, it has become a rise of the, the video playthrough to just watch that and like you said when you're mentioning there's parts that you'd like and parts that you don't the people who have played through it like me or Josh or whoever still came out with the same thing I absolutely love 16 but all the mm-hmm. fetch quest stuff was definitely not Josh didn't like that stuff at all yeah. um, and that, it, that you still touched on the same shared negative regardless but, yeah. um, which and is now it's funny because you and I could have a chat about Final Fantasy 16 and I would know what's going on I'd know what the characters mm. do I'd know the boss battles I'd know all of this I'd know some strategies about this I know and therefore uh, like just because I haven't experienced it firsthand does not mean that mm. I haven't gained a lot of enjoyment and understanding and appreciation for the game by watching it passively the only thing mm. the only people that should be annoyed about this because remember there is no wrong way to enjoy a video <laughs> game are probably Square Enix that are like god damn it why didn't you buy it because apparently we, yeah there is that apparently Final Fantasy 6 was a huge failure again just like bloody <laughs> Deus Ex um, was when they put that out we as I say many times before <laughs> listeners at home we are not here to pick up your checks like, no, the, like, if you chose to spend that amount of money on that game, that's on you. Like Square Enix's, um, I mean, when, when 16 launched, they were like, oh, it's a record-breaking success. I it's, know. Um, so, whatever, and and like, then but it wasn't enough of a record-breaking success. It's like, guys, get a <laughs> grip, man. Like, what are you doing? This gives me that energy of, like, remember when, I think it was Atari, they made mm. more copies of the... I can't remember which game it was. It might have been E.T. Uh, than there were Atari consoles in circulation because they thought, their oh, thinking yeah. was, is that people would enjoy the game that much that they would buy a copy <laughs> for somebody else who didn't have the console to encourage them to buy the console. <laughs> Like that as if that was ever, with that, as that game came together or barely came together, they should have, in theory, realised that as it uh, was just barely a, a single sprite moving around yeah. the screen. But um, but yeah, that's an interesting conversation. If people want to chime in on like the times that they've watched games rather than played them, or yeah. if they still feel like they're part of a community or they are part of a community without actually playing through it, because um, I think that's an interesting distinction. Um, question from the two hundred and second, two hundred twenty second gunner of twenty twenty three. What's the best game controller of all time? This is a hotly debated topic amongst my friend mm. groups, and I have to let you guys weigh. In. My pick is the PlayStation 4 DualSense. Sorry, DualShock. I, I I like the chunky new PlayStation controllers. I think yeah. um, I think they're for me. They're like the ultimate controller. It fits. It fits nice in the hand. It's got nice mouth feel. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, is that millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. If you go in on classic controllers mm. you've got to look at the one that gives as much gives the total functionality without there being any faff mm -hmm. like immediately the mega drive controller goes out because three buttons <laughs> and that sort of thing weird just doesn't feel right two rows that. of threes just, boomerang that's shape it's just odd then yeah. you've got like the the nes controller is perfect in the sense of it's got those directions there but obviously didn't allow for that so mm -hmm. i don't know you keep, going, is pretty close, you keep going and evolving and at certain points you just start looking at it and going well we're not evolving we're just adding and removing like incidental pieces and i think mm -hmm. that that evolutionary peak was hit with the xbox 360 controller because Chow. that offered amazing feedback great trigger systems on the back there all the buttons just felt right to use the mm. thumbsticks felt in the right place as well like i was gonna say where do you come down on on staggering the joysticks or having them in line see i actually quite like having them stagger because the I thumb like being up and over the left hand mm. side of the controller feels more natural than having them both together down at the center where the uh the ps3 and ps2 controllers were so mm. i don't know which is weird isn't it because it's not if you just put your your hands in front of you they're gonna yeah. line up like, yeah it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very odd i mean even in terms of um, use functionality use the switch controls are really good as well uh, yeah. when, they, when they're not drifting they're amazing <laughs> making so the game is unplayable yeah I like the feel of the switch in my hand I think if I just go off like the feel of the controller I like the bulkiness of the DualSense the PS5 one or the PS4 one but why did they and, choose like, the PS4 Gunnar, so. not the PS5 isn't the PS5 yeah. one a straight up improvement over the PS4 I would, I mean, because of it's the haptic bigger. feedback on the triggers isn't that mm -hmm. like really important for some gamers I like that stuff I mean I guess maybe they don't like the overall because it is a bit it's still a bigger controller I do think the, Dual, mm. uh, the DualShock is awesome the PS4 one, um, but I mean, yeah, I have a soft spot for the original Xbox. Um, the not the Duke, even I though I do have a soft spot the for the Duke. <laughs> I love the dinner plate Duke. That thing's awesome. But the the little small one they did, the Xbox, oh, it was yeah, called S. the Xbox yeah. S or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, I really like that one. It's just that I don't think it holds up because you've got like what is ostensibly L1 and R1 underneath the face buttons because the oh, black and yes, white buttons they are did. Yeah, put yeah, there. Yeah. 
Um, but like, it's interesting going across stuff from the 2000s as everybody tried to figure out like the optimum layout for everything. Um, and like you said, the 360 was pretty much it. And then the DualShock is kind of right next to it. I think that they're the, nigh um, enough the same. The Series S and X controller that's out now, the mm. clickiness of the um, the top shoulder buttons and the nice mm-hmm. feel of the triggers, it's that's a winner for me as well. Absolutely love People it. People love that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, I like the newest Xbox controllers, but that clickiness thing puts me off. I don't oh, want to be distracted like by noise from the controller when I'm trying to play. I don't know. Um, it feels, it it feels satisfying. It's like that whole idea of like you are moving an element and something is happening, even if it's just like a uh, a mental thing because it's mm. an electronic signal at the end of the day. In your mind, mm. it feels like you're shoving something into place and you are having direct like- impact and control. Yeah, like we, we're both old enough to know to the feel of tape players, like yeah, the chunky yeah, buttons yeah. and like clicking them in yeah. and like sort of like the, the tactility of that. And it's like, like same with the GameCube controller, the big like squishy buttons yes, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like some of that was a bit too Fisher Price, but there was a way for that, that curved shoulder button or whatever. Like yeah. there was like a feel to that. So um, yeah, tactility of a controller is definitely a, a big feature to it as well. Um, a question from Jack Asbury. This is all stuff to do with uh, Red Dead and Rockstar and them, them tripping over their own shoelaces sure. Sure, sure, sure. across the week. I don't know if you've caught, you saw that stuff this I have. week? Yes, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, Jack Asbury saying that um, across the last few podcasts, uh, myself, Josh, and Sai talked about what it might be like if Shigeru Miyamoto left Nintendo. I believe Rockstar is exactly what would happen. Um, this idea of the, the main creatives leave or the mm-hmm. main people who were, um, you know, speaking out against the money-hungry decisions. Not that Nintendo aren't very money-hungry, but I still feel like there's a creative through line there that at least I would attribute to the likes of Miyamoto. Agree, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, stuff like that. Willie Araya saying, do you think GTA 6 will live up to the hype GTA Online has changed the meaning of what a GTA is to Rockstar? Mm. And now you have a split fan base wanting opposite things from the same game how for the love of jewels can they keep delivering <laughs> um, there's also Shane slash Mr Blobby 46 saying all oh, Rockstar off their proverbial rocker 50 pounds for a basic edition of a game from over 10 years ago with no real updates or upgrades is it grubby money hungriness or is there another less offensive reason in our humble opinions yeah well, what do you think of all the Rockstar fallout stuff well let's take a look at where Rockstar is now they are one of the most lucrative uh, companies mm. going at the moment they are making money hand over fist still to this day GTA 5 still in the top sellers of most uh, game charts it's unbelievable how well that game is still selling this far on mm-hmm. but in terms of creative decisions they keep making ones that are almost morally bereft in my opinion mm-hmm. because you've got that um gta uh, ultimate collection that came out the hd remasters that were just terrible ports of games that were handled with zero care that mm-hmm. is an expression what rockstar thinks of its audience that you will buy anything because unfortunately what they have seen is that their audience will buy anything because of what their <laughs> um, sales figures are showing for True. gta 5 and gta online mm-hmm. so when that comes out where are we actually at in this situation now that trilogy came out it has mm-hmm. not been fixed. It has not been patched. Nothing has been happening, but and Rockstar would all but sweep it under the rug if it weren't for people like us bringing it up and being like, um, do you remember that this happened? It's unfortunately <laughs> the very quick nature of the internet that we get so irate about something and completely forget about it next week. But that they deserves did. to be di- like to be held up again and say, mm-hmm. look, why should we trust you with the future of video games when you can't even handle the past? And if, yeah. you're, if you're constantly recorrecting it and making it worse, then you're basically just saying to us, well, we are going to squirt out the least amount of effort possible <laughs> and there is going to be next to no single player content that you A, don't either pay for or mm-hmm. B, won't be tied intrinsically to GTA Online. 
that's kind of the thing, like the nexus point for them is that, like, from my perspective, like someone who like grew up loving all of Rockstar stuff, especially obviously the GTA trilogy, but Bully and the Warriors, mm-hmm. and even table tennis. I'll throw that in there as oh, well. I, I love that, that whole that whole run was great. Um, very much spearheaded by the Houses, Dan and Sam Houser, and you've also got Leslie Benzies and Laszlo Jones in there as well. They've all left. Like, obviously, Sam is still there, <clears throat> and he was more like he was more so apparently the money guy anyway. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he's kind of stuck around. Um, but they are at like a nexus point where they had this insane creative run, all these various projects. And those people just fundamentally aren't there anymore. And so I wonder, um, you know, do they just give in and just become the GTA Online company? Because at the minute, the only person who's remotely associated with Rockstar as a spokesperson is Take Two Strauss Elnick. And he's the guy out yeah. there saying, like, £50, $50 for Red Dead is, is a commercially accurate price. And I guess what he means is that we're still Rockstar slash Take Two and you will pay it. Yes. And I think that's I think what's going to be interesting. You will pay it. That's it. You yeah. don't want to, but you will. <laughs> and it's like with the GTA Definitive Edition, um, they patched it a couple of times, but obviously that thing launched in an absolute state. They used AI upscale on the textures yep. and everything it didn't work um, I'm very curious what what state this thing launches in basically yeah. um, I think the fact that they're showing it more ahead of time is is a better sign because the definitive GTA ones only got showed like a week before launch mm-hmm. um, and even then though that trailer was very carefully curated to not show yes. gameplay um, but yeah, the rock star of old for me are dead. I mean, Pinky, um, one of our regular contributors, sent in a message just saying, you know, does this prove that my editorial on Red Dead Redemption 2 being about the death of Rockstar is true? Obviously, I would say that because I think that whole yeah, game very is... True. Dan Hauser talking about the death of their old identity and everything. Um, yeah, I just, I don't put any stock in Rockstar anymore. I don't know about you, but I just don't care about GTA 6. Like, I, I'll, well, get, I'll get there when it, when it arrives. In my professional opinion (laughs) i do think that uh rockstar has become let me rephrase this as i want to get this right so Mm. saints row was always told that it was the uh the mockery or the imitation of gta when it first started until they Mm -hmm. found their own identity by being completely over the top and then they became the saints row game Mm -hmm. rockstar with gta and GTA 6 are becoming the Saints Row of GTA because <laughs> they are in a state now where GTA Online has got flying cars, crazy sort of abilities, rocket launchers yes. everywhere, these amazing guns that can see through walls, all this all this unbelievably over-the-top stuff. Mm-hmm. How are you going to take an audience that is now being fed that every single day and say, hey, in GTA 6, we're going in a different direction and everything's going to be stripped all the way back again and you're going to have to start from scratch. They're going to mm-hmm. be fuming because as much as... A common rational uh, gamer would think, yeah, fine, that's okay. A new vision requires a new starting point. We're mm-hmm. not dealing with the rational gamers who make up the majority of GTA's fan base. I'm not just trying to speak in hyperbole. There are a mm-hmm. lot of kids in there and a lot of people who do not see the value in anything more than I've got a gun and I'm going to use cheats. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, Yeah, that's true. So when you're going to get GTA 6 and either it's going to be tied intrinsically to um, online and single player, are going to be one and the same. That's going to be a nightmare and it will be broken mm-hmm. from day one. Or they separate the two out <laughs> but they've realized quickly that the only way to make money on this game is to heavily bring all the elements over from GTA 5. So you'll end mm-hmm. up with just GTA 5 Online again. And well, that's the weird uh, thing. I, when does that stop making money at some point, you know? Well, that's the thing. That's what's weird. Even Again, even Strauss Zelnick said they didn't expect it to go on this long and to yeah. do this well for this long and to still make, like, it's almost like $8 million a day or something stupid yeah. like that. So how can so, it go on and make this money again? It probably mm. won't. It, it, it just won't. But I just wonder if they if they do separate it. Like if you if you patch GTA Five to turn mm-hmm. that into GTA Online and you leave the campaign as a separate executable off the menu. So so in the future, because we're ten years on in October, it's yeah. been ten years since yeah. GTA Five, and it's been in the chart, the top ten charts the whole time. Do you convert GTA Five into GTA Online because that's the same engine, and GTA Six is then like a standalone, the new story, and that's what you buy? Well, it's just like, I don't know how the hell mode. they do I, it. I, the thing is, is that if they just did a single player focused campaign, you mm. and I would absolutely love it because that would be same. fantastic. 
But at the same mm. time, Rockstar would not make money off of that because the <laughs> amount of money that they put in to make the likes of Red Dead Redemption 2 was only supplemented by the money that GTA 5 Online had already made mm. and also mm. the money they would then go on to make on Red Dead Redemption Online. Mm-hmm. Which so, they then sunsetted and got rid of because it didn't make anywhere near as much as exactly. GTA Exactly. And doesn't that smack <laughs> as a worrying sign when they just go, right, that didn't make £8 million a day, therefore it's mm. a failure. So therefore GTA 6 has got so much expectations on its shoulders that they will be running from the from day one to get mm. as much money out of you as possible. They will be coming in like, do you remember when Fallout 76 launched and the only mm. thing that worked on it was its store, its transactions mm. marketplace? That is the vibe I'm getting from this here. I don't want to be negative because I want to enjoy my Red Dead games and I want to enjoy my GTA games, but I do worry that this is going to be a game that isn't made for me. It's going to be made mm-hmm. for the casual consumer, the person who gets off on the explosions and having access to all of the crazy <laughs> enough, uh, stuff straight away. It's going to mm-hmm. be wacky, but designed by corporates. So it's going to be that, well, Saints Row reboot feel. I've just, it's, it's, it smacks of bad, this does. Yeah. The thing that I'm fascinated by is the age groups of people playing it because there are still so many new unit costs every day, every month for yeah. GTA 5. And it's like, are you buying that to play the story or are you buying it as a ticket to online? Yeah. And then are you indulging in the stuff that you just said and having the quick thrills and everything else? And then how do, do you then stick around and form a gang and form the crews and, you, and use the GTA Plus monthly pass and everything and get you know get lost in that world? Like, I think there's so much more user data that like needs to be out there. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting right where they are right now because it is this, like I said, nexus point for them as a company and it'll be the first major release, first major Rockstar release, and especially the first major GTA since the first two that don't have the houses at the front of them. Yeah. So it's it's one of those where I think it'll be a big proof in the pudding thing. Um, but all the financial data points to a release next year. So I think this time next year, we'll finally see whatever the hell that thing is. Um, for now, though, this has been the Untitled Banter Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. The UBP. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Jules Gill. I have indeed. Thank you so much for having me. And it feels good to be back. Yes, it's lovely to see him, and hope we might see him next week. If not, we'll have a lovely guest instead. For now, thank you all very much, and we'll catch you then. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.